1: Welcome to Masoni and Marshall, the meaningful marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We are glad you joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's
0: Food Innovation Center. How's it going, Sarah? It's going good. How are you? I am so good today.
1: Anything new going on at the Food Innovation Center? Well,
0: you know, we have a new director of the center. I'm so excited. We have Marsha Walker. She's joined us from industry and she's now active helping uh, our teams and getting involved with her feet in the fire.
1: Nice. I um, I haven't met her yet, but I'm sure I will. Will she be at the I holiday show? Ha-
0: uh, she will be here on oh, the 7th, perfect. but I think we should have her as guest. don't you?
1: I think so. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, we should. I'm going to
0: ask her. Let me write that in my notes for sure. Okay, Absolutely. Perfect. Yes. That'd
1: be so fun. I'm yeah. sure she'd love
0: it. She would love it.
1: <laughs> well, we want to thank our sponsors for supporting Missoni and Marshall. Thank you for helping us spread the word about female entrepreneurs. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, Market of Choice.
0: Market of Choice is the proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local food entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folks realize their potential through programs that help them succeed. We love you,
1: Market of Choice. Thanks, Market of Choice. We appreciate you so much. Yes, we yes. We have been checking in with some of our past guests to see if anything new and exciting has been going on. And we are joined today with Andrea LaLo of Showstopper Cookies. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome back. We haven't talked to you since... March of 2021. So it's been a while. And when we first talked with you, you were just starting out your business. If people want to listen to that show, it's episode 69. You can look it up on iTunes and hear it. Uh, But we want to make sure to connect people to you and your biz if they hadn't heard that show. So what's the best way to find you on Instagram and online?
2: Um, On Instagram, I am showstoppercookies and online website is showstoppercookies.com.
1: Perfect. And so last time that we chatted with you, you were very new. You had just started your business. So let's tell people about when you started um, and when that was, because I think it was like right before we chatted. Yeah, it was. Ooh, uh <laughs> I think it was
2: September of 2020. So yeah, I was just about 6 months old when I when I first was on here. Um that's a baby. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I learned so much from you both that has guided me to where I am now, honestly. So I appreciate Oh, perfect. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think that was the thing. When you had written to us, you had just started listening to the show and were going to ask us a couple of questions. And we were like, let's just do it live. Just come on the show. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> so I'm glad that that was helpful for you. But let's <laughs> let's talk about, um, just in case people didn't listen to that first show, let's tell people what it is that you make. So I- What's
2: special about it? My business is based on one perfect cookie and um I do do special orders but primarily I make one cookie which is a pretty big salted chocolate chip cookie um I think what's special about it is I use really good ingredients. So the chocolate is guitar and I use two kinds, two different sizes. I now use locally milled flour. That was not the case when I first started. So that is something special as well. And um, my own vanilla that I make. And I think I have perfected this recipe. And so that is why I decided to just have the one cookie.
1: I think that's so fun because now um, just even in you describing your business, you sound so much more um, sure of your product and what you're doing. And you know that you make the best perfect cookie. And I love that because that is sort of what happens after you do something for a while. You can have some confidence behind it where when you first start, you're like, I don't know. And maybe I'll do this. And I'm not quite sure. Right. But, and you've been able to refine some of your ingredients to what you want. So that's very cool. I'm, I'm digging it.
0: Me too. <laughs> Can you tell us how many cookies you've made since you first started? Do you have oh any idea? I don't know. That would be great to know. Thousands for
2: sure. Thousands. Wow. Yeah. Thousands. I, and, and before coming on here, I had not even occurred to me to freeze the dough. That was something I learned from you, Sarah. And now I've successfully figured out how to freeze it and thaw it and it bakes up just fine. So that has changed everything, of course, (laughs) because I don't need to just be making the dough as orders come in or as I'm doing markets. Um, Yeah. So yeah, thousands
0: for sure. Good. That's good to hear. So every week, how many cookies are you making then? Well, it
2: depends on the season. So from May to October, I'm usually doing at least one farmer's market, sometimes more and sometimes also Portland flea or the night market or one of those other maker markets. So, you know, if I'm doing more than one, it could be 600 ish cookies or more. Um, per week,
0: that's great.
2: Per week, yeah. And then there's a little bit of a lull from October until the holidays, and then another lull from you know January to spring. Which I don't mind the lulls. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and I'm working on you know the business model of what to do during those lulls if I if I do mind them and finding new opportunities. I still feel like I am in the infancy of this business and still learning so much.
0: I saw that you make a gigantic cookie. Has anyone ever used that for a birthday cake?
2: Yes, lots of people. And that was really born of a a frequent customer asking if I would make that. And I was like, sure, I'll try that. And then enough, I put it on Instagram and then people started ordering it. And so that's my latest. I just added that to the website probably less than a month ago as a thing you could actually officially order.
0: That's cool.
1: That's so fun. I like yeah. that idea. Well, um, you know, we always like, especially new businesses, to be able to listen to the show and um, and get advice from people who yes. have started out. So do you have um, advice for anybody who's just starting out a business? Um, ask a
2: lot of questions That's from everybody advice. you meet everywhere. I mean, every market I've done, the vendor next to me, no matter what, the, even if it's not food, even if it's, you know, I just ask them questions about what markets they've done. I've asked people like you all, like just everyone I meet, I'm asking a lot of questions and I've learned so much. And then I think be friendly with error and uh, begin again, keep trying and, and keep asking. Like I feel like I've asked for so many favors or so many things that could improve my business or grow my business, not knowing whether people would say yes or no. And you don't know unless you ask. That's
1: a very I th- good point. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I still kind of use that advice in, in my business all the time. It, you know, That it never really hurts to ask anything, ask anybody for help, ask anybody if they've where they source things, if they've heard of certain things, like, I, I think it's always important. And I think, you know, we're so lucky to have such a great supportive food community here that I think that if we all continue to do that, we can just keep help, helping to support one another. So yeah. I think that's so really nice. One of the things we're kind of wondering about since you were on with
0: us during COVID is what's, I know your business was new, but what really changed since those COVID years to now? Anything?
2: Yeah, everything. I mean, I don't think when I had come on, I don't think I had done any markets. I was just an online business. And I don't even know if I was planning on doing any markets. I don't even know if I knew what that world was. So since then, I have done like every market Portland has and learned so much from each one and which ones are a good fit and which ones maybe aren't. And just even... Learning recently about the um, outdoor ice skating rink that's going to be opening, just really um, using my resources to find out how to contact them and ask if I could vend and apply, but just feeling like, oh, that would be such a good fit for me. So I think I've grown my business as far as doing in-person markets, vending at at local events, farmers markets, maker markets. And then also another thing I've done, which I'm going to do again the week after Thanksgiving is advertised on a podcast with a national audience. And that was something that was an example of, it was a podcast I listened to that I was a fan of. I had gifted them cookies and they liked liked them. And then I said, I have no idea what the cost of this is, but can I do a one-off advertisement on your podcast? And they said, yes. And that exploded my business. And I'm hoping it will do it again in a couple of weeks. So that was not in place when I talked with you all last. Um, I'm also working on getting more corporate accounts. So that's something that I would really like to do more. And I don't think I had done any of that. (laughs) I don't think I'd really done anything (laughs) when I first talked with you except (laughs) opened a, you you know, built a website and started selling cookies and trying to spread the word. I still think I'm learning about that, how to get more people to know about it for sure.
1: Um, So that people can hear the ad that you have on the podcast. Can you tell us what podcast that was so they can go and listen to it?
2: Yeah, it's called Ask Rana is the name of the podcast. The the first advertisement is probably I don't know the which episode it is, but it's about a year ago. And then it will be on again. Her podcast is on Tuesdays, so not it'll be on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving.
1: Perfect. So we'll we'll make sure to link it so people can go and find it. Okay.
0: That's cool.
1: The power of the podcast. Yeah, I know. (laughs) We all have to support each other. You know, the the podcast world, even though there's so many podcasts, I feel like um, it becomes just like our food community. It becomes a a very supportive community really quickly where people try to, you know, get other people to listen, especially if there's um, guests that are kind of the same. And I just think it's a really nice thing to do to help promote each other as well. Some of our listeners might be thinking
0: about starting a farmer's market booth do you remember how many cookies you brought to your very first farmer's market? And did you sell out? Um, I probably overbaked. Um I don't
2: remember. I think so the very first farmer's market I did was the Moreland market in Selwood, which I still am. That's, I did, I've done that three years. I really love that community. Um, and I probably made 300 cookies, the first market, And I don't think I sold out, but I think I did pretty good. The first market, I had so many friends and family coming to support me because it was a new big deal. Um, But it went well. I don't remember if I sold out, but I think I brought about 300 cookies.
0: I think having friends and family go to wherever you're first selling something and buy your product is a great idea. (laughs) I'm 100% in favor of that.
1: Yeah, sometimes friends and family are your only customers in the beginning. I think my first sale was at an Eagles Lodge. And my booth fee was $12. (laughs) And I think I knew, I knew almost everybody there. But then also there's a lot, there's like a lot of like bikers, like motorcycle bikers that that are part of the Eagles. Yeah, it's not, it's closed now, but it was that one. that was
0: sad that it closed.
1: Yeah. And so then I had a nice biker following for a while. (laughs) 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 Which was very fun. You never know who your next customers are going to be, but I loved those guys. They would like come see me at other shows and stuff. It was so nice. (laughs) They'd like, oh, Sarah Marshall's going to be in Hillsboro. Let's ride our bikes over there. You sure would. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, very fun. So what's what's your favorite event to do these days, Andrea? What's your favorite market? Well, I think the... Moreland Market is
2: my favorite because it's been so consistent. And now I have a community there. I have repeat customers. I'm friends with the other vendors. We do a ton of trade. I get—I don't have to go grocery shopping. I do all of my grocery shopping at the market. And so I like going to that market for so many reasons. It's a really supportive market. Um, Lonnie, who is the person who organizes that market, likes to tell the story of worrying that my cookies wouldn't be a good fit because it's just one cookie. And she thought I would need variety, but she tasted the cookie and thought it was good enough to try. And she's so happy that she was took a chance because it's been a really successful partnership. So the Moreland market is my favorite. Um, the other markets that I've done have been so up and down. I might really like those markets but it's just been and I've done them all I've done Crafty Wonderland Portland Flea the night market the moon market the slab town outdoor market I I feel like I've just done them all (laughs) I'm about to do the assemblage one which is in rejuvenation I'm doing that coming up starting I think on the 3rd of December for a couple of weeks so I'm excited about that one
0: that's cool. Have you ever tried putting ice cream between your cook- your perfect chocolate chip cookies? I have. I haven't figured out how to sell that at a market, but it's
2: been
1: done in my home. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, Sarah's the ice cream lady, so of course she would ask you that question.
0: <laughs> Stands to reason. <laughs>
1: Um. Well, we like to uh, talk about what it's like to be a business owner right now, and what you need from your community. So um, that can be just anybody listening. But what what's a good way for people to support you?
2: Well, I think buy cookies is the best way. That's and always then, good. And then tell people. Tell if you know people that are. Uh, own businesses and are giving gifts and for the holidays to their employees to spread the word that way so that they can reach out to me and buy cookies in larger amounts. Um, I, I think those tell people about the cookies and buy them are the, really the best two
0: ways. I have an idea for you. Have you thought about making your cookies with the C's candies, um, chocolate chips? No, I have not because those are guitar. Oh, they, you know. uh, Oh,
2: they are. Oh. So how would I how do I they're C's
0: candy, but they're guitar? They have, yeah, that's the chocolate that they partner with. Yep. Yeah, but they then you would be in, bringing
1: in two very known, well known companies. And so yeah. it might be a good way to um co brand. Yeah. You know, yeah. they could they could repost about it and stuff.
0: Yep, they do um stuff like that and something that might be crazy would be if you just did like scotch mallow ch- cookies or something you know where you take whatever their thing is their feature of the month and then you could put that in a cookie wouldn't that be crazy oh, that would be crazy it's just be, <laughs> I don't know something fun to do yeah
2: you never know I'm, I'm open to all things I, I find that on Instagram sometimes it feels like I'm screaming into the void (laughs) that although I'll post some interesting things and people will repost them, it doesn't necessarily seem to translate into sales, which is obviously the ultimate goal. And so, you know, if I tag Guitard or if I tag the flower that I'm using, it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't feel like it necessarily translates. I think I may have been a few years too late in the Instagram being a place where people can really build a business.
0: Well, if you tag them, I think you have to be, don't you have to be connected with them for it to show up somehow? I think you do. It just depends.
1: Yeah, it depends. So, Cause sometimes it's like um, it becomes like a page thing. So they'll ask you if you're like, you know, if you want to promote it or, or whatever, but it's always a little bit different, but I think it's always good to, partner with people if you think your values align, you know, so if you feel like that would be a good one, then, um, try it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, have you had to hire any employees?
2: No. And I hope to keep it that way. (laughs) (laughs) In my former life, I managed many people and I hope to not do that again. Although I will say recently in trying to figure out some online stuff, I was thinking it would be really nice to have somebody who knew more than me. So I didn't just have to dredge through it. So finding somebody who could do kind of SEO stuff or Instagram stuff or a delivery driver, those feel like would be the first things to give away that feel easy. But so far I've managed to not hire someone and I feel, I feel good about that so far.
1: Yeah. And the things you're saying are kind of like, you can do it as like contract work, you know, like, uh, unless you're a, a big company, you wouldn't necessarily have, um, you know, somebody who does in-house, um, website stuff. Like you would just hire somebody to do a one-time thing, or even as far as, um, you know, Instagram or doing like social media stuff. Sometimes you can pay someone to just build out things for you and then, and then they give you a schedule and then you post it, but you would just contract with them for like one job. Yeah. Which is a nice way to do it. Cause then you don't, you're not responsible for employees. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we should take a break. And when we come back, why don't we talk about distribution? Sarah Marshall is the master of distribution. Okay. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard by providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system because food brings people together. All right. So, Andrea, have you heard about the Red and some of the delivery systems we have here in the Portland area?
2: No, I don't How, how do you spell the Red?
0: R E D D. The Red, yeah.
2: But it's not the building.
0: It is actually oh. they have a um don't they have the beeline line? bikes for delivering around the city
1: yeah they have um a service that's called beeline and so beeline will um deliver to well all the new seasons through a program called green wheels and but they'll also deliver you know to other places within the portland area and they do it by bike so that that is a nice option for local vendors to have Mm -hmm. um and it's a, a little bit less than like going with a big company like um I mean, your business is a little bit different because it's not like you're selling cases of cookies to well, unless Safeway got, or something. Yeah, but if she got corporate
0: accounts like in big buildings and yeah. stuff around the city... They could that do that for you. would be a great way to deliver since yeah. you brought that up. Right.
1: And then you don't have to go downtown and park or hire a right. delivery driver to do it. Um, they right. can do something like that for you. So if you do get more corporate accounts, I would say for sure that would be a great service for you. Okay. Great. Yeah, and another, make of
0: that. Uh, another marketplace that people are using is called FAIR. Okay. And that could be a place where you would um, distribute your cookies through directly to the consumer. Okay.
1: Sarah, so, so are you using FAIR? I use FAIR. Um, so there would be some people on there that would order from you, but it would be more like, um, you know, so FAIR is kind of for local gift shops to be able to purchase something. Um, it's also national. Like you can set up your account however you want. Like if you were like, I just want people to order from the Portland area, but you, there are places that I would think would use your service on there would be like, there's a lot of hospitals that are on there, like a Mm -hmm. hospital gift shop or a hospital cafeteria Or um, different coffee shops would be on there. And so that's how they would find you. But you, it's all categorized. So you would have like, I have this fresh product. um, I'm only, you know, selling it locally. And then they would be able to find you that way. So that is a good way. But I I think that it mostly gets used for, um, you know, like uh, somebody who has a bookstore or a candle shop and they want to add another line. Yeah, all the buyers are on there. Got so it. but yeah, I but think I think it's a good one yeah. um because they do have that option to just pick um you know local fresh distribution so
0: yeah and you could actually um freeze the the baked cookies and send them out frozen and gain, you know give yourself an extra day on shelf life so yeah. send them in a cooler and all that stuff.
2: I found I, so I have one coffee cart that I work with that I do a wholesale with and she freezes them. Yeah. But once they're thawed, I really feel like they need to be kind and maybe I overthink it, but it seems like once they've been frozen and thawed, you have about one day and then yeah. they get too crunchy. Whereas if they're, even if I ship them all the time, and even if they take six days to get to their destination they are fresher than if they were frozen and thawed okay Mm -hmm. yeah but that seems to be an obstacle for me as far as because they're perishable it feels like I had another coffee um, shop that I was working with and they just weren't storing them properly. And then they were getting crumbly and it just didn't, it didn't work. And so I, I've thought about retail and wholesale. And actually one of you in our first podcast suggested that if I could avoid wholesale, I should. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, that was me for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taking it to heart.
0: And I lose control of the quality for your type of product. Totally. Like, totally. Direct sales
1: probably are better.
2: Yeah, that's what I prefer. So,
1: yeah, I th- um, I mean I think it's with I think it's hard with a with a fresh product like yours, even though you're figuring out ways to extend your shelf life, and that's really wonderful. But, um, you know, probably you doing in person events really is your best marketing tool because yeah. you're going to meet customers who are then going to purchase your product for parties or birthdays and do your bigger cookie and things like that. I think that um that's you know, that would be my advice can continued, um, yeah. is just to, you know, do it yourself and, um, you know, sell it directly to your people. And, and now you're doing all kinds of in-person events. So that's like the best way to do it. I think my yeah. first, my first couple of years, I did every event that ever came my way. Um, Some say I still do that, but that's not true. (laughs) I do have to say no to some other people to go do the events now. Yeah, from time to time I do. Yeah.
0: I mean, usually this time of year, Sarah Marshall is so busy with every show, because it's the holidays. Yeah. It's when people start buying stuff to give and special treats. Well, I was wondering if you've looked at the type of packaging that you're using to see if it is the right packaging for you to have maybe a day or two extra on your shelf life. That is a great question. I think I've been riding the
2: line between kind of sustainability and also the look that I'm going for and then what you're saying, because I think if I wrapped each one in cellophane, they would stay fresher longer, but that's so much plastic. And I, and I, so I, I don't know (laughs) when I ship them, they're shipped in coffee bags, essentially like brown craft coffee bags. Um, and, and they stay fresh all the way. I mean, I ship them to the East coast all the time and they seem to stay fresh for, the whole time they're in route and then people can put them in Ziploc bags and keep them fresh for another week or so or freeze them. Mm-hmm. But, um, I have thought about not only freshness, but also the packaging is a bit rustic. I don't know if that's totally the right word. It is rustic. But if it, yeah. But if it was more like gift boxy and like fancy, if that would, give me a better chance at you know people sending them for because they're not cheap the cookies but yeah sending them as gifts which they do a lot but even more so
0: yeah there's like a fine line isn't there
1: yeah, I think um, I have a suggestion for you of a place that you can at least check out and see options. So there's this company called um, Restaurant Wear, and they do eco-friendly packaging. So um, so it's what we package our pasta in. And um, all their bags are made out of recycled cotton, and they, they look really nice. But the nice thing about this company in particular is you pay um, $15 for samples, and you can get as many samples as you want. So they have boxes, they have bags they have whatever you can just make a list of 20 different things that you might think that you think might work and then they'll mail them to you for that 15 dollars. and then you can find your perfect bag or box and then um and then order it so it kind of takes the pressure off of being like i have to order 300 of these and they might not work Um, right but they're all eco-friendly so it kind of would fit with your values and maybe there's something great on there maybe there's not i'm not i'm definitely not like sponsored by them or anything, but it was just a <laughs> nice way for me to get a bunch of options without um taking a financial risk.
2: Yeah. 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 I include, I don't think this was in place when I, I'm sure it wasn't, but I now include with every package, a card that has the baked on date, and the ingredients and information on how to store them so that when people get them, they can put them in a Ziploc or, you know, whatever they want to do to make them last longer.
0: What if you had your own special cookie jar that you sold <clears throat> for your frequent cookiers and they could get your cookies and put them in your jar? That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, I have thought about merchandise, tote bags, Mm t-shirts, cookie
2: jars. I haven't gone there yet because it just feels as though, do I want to venture into that realm before I feel like my sales are steady enough to, I know it can be a low investment, but I, I guess I just haven't done any of that yet, but I've thought about it for sure
0: that would be cool.
1: On that information card that you put in with every order, do you have a way for people to um, follow you online, like your Instagram or something? So two,
2: so I give two cards. If you're at a market, the cards are pretty big. So I just have a little kind of business card that has my Instagram and then it has a discount code, and they could just grab and take that at markets. But if you order them online, or if you get more than six at a market, it comes with two cards. One is that that um, ingredient and storage card that I told you about, and I believe it has my website. And then the other one has um, a little, it's a note card, so you can, so I can write a gift note if they're a gift from someone or I just write thank you if it's for the person who ordered it and then a place for a discount code as well. And they both have the website. They don't have the Instagram account, I don't think. Although, of course, on the website, there's a link. And like I said, I, I like the Instagram account because I get to post pictures of cute people eating cookies and of other things I make. But I don't know that the Instagram account has totally translated into more sales. Yeah. So.
0: I think maybe Facebook, Uh, we have one client that's doing Facebook advertisements, and they've had as much as $5,000 a day in sales. Whoa, (laughs) that's that's crazy. (laughs) Isn't that nuts? Can you imagine making that many cookies? No. (laughs) You'd have to make 1,000, 1,200 cookies a day or shipping. I mean, that's just like yeah
2: that would be crazy
0: there are there have been food company um sorry cookie companies that were doing you know regionally here in Oregon doing 10,000 cookies a day wow for all direct you know you know the big cookie like monster cookie style cookies so people love cookies
1: yeah (laughs) it's true I think people love cookies and not Everyone loves to bake cookies, so I think that your your business will withstand the test of time because (laughs) people are always going to want someone else to bake them cookies. Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. What do you think brings you the most joy in your business? Mm, I think it's definitely that feeling of giving
2: presents to people. Like it feels as though. Even if somebody else is buying a present for somebody, or they're buying it for themselves, it feels like I'm giving them a present, even though they're paying for it. <laughs> that's you know, cookies are make people feel happy, and so that's definitely my favorite part. And I think the Moreland Market has translated into I just made a birthday cake. One of my customers, I th- I believe I forgive me, Albie. He just had a birthday. I don't remember how old he turned, but he comes and sees me every week at the market. And then he asked his mom to ask me to make his birthday cake. And so I've been doing some of special orders of those things as well. And that kind of thing, like having him come over and pick up his birthday cake, that's just yeah. great. Love that's it. That's so
1: wonderful because then you become part of these your market customers' lives forever you're part of their most special moments their birthdays their celebrations that's like one of my favorite things about doing farmers markets and it's why I never give that piece up because I love to be there and be part of people's worlds yeah
0: I did want to ask you I saw on your website that people can do special orders from you Mm -hmm. what other types of baked goods do you make for people
2: so I'd say the most popular thing is cakes I just made a wedding cake and then I made this birthday cake. I've made a lot of other birthday cakes. People have ordered other kinds of cookies. I get a lot of requests for cookies without certain allergens, um, gluten-free or vegan or dairy-free. And I can do those. I think the one thing I like want to be very clear with people is those are not showstopper cookies. (laughs) That's a different thing. And I usually don't want to make a chocolate chip cookie that's gluten-free or vegan because that's not, I want to make a different cookie that's vegan or gluten-free because I don't want to compare them with the cookie that I've worked so hard on. Um, but I'm open to almost anything. I, I, I love baking. And so I feel like pies, I, I mostly say no to cupcakes just because I find them to be hard to Make delicious, and also usually the people want them highly decorated, and so it's just mm-hmm. a lot of work for the amount of money I could charge for them. So,
0: yeah, they're fussy, aren't they?
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh oh, silence. <laughs> well, I Do just have any realized questions wh- for us, well, you've
2: already. Said a bunch of stuff that I'm like, oh, I'm so I'm so glad this is being recorded (laughs) because I didn't (laughs) write it all down. (laughs) Um, I think I don't know if it was you all that also told me about the Pacific Northwest um, food, the Google group. I'm not going to say that has also been so invaluable. That community is so great. That's how I found out about how because I wanted to get. Um, locally milled flour. And when I contacted some of the local companies, they were like, sure, if you order 400 pounds of flour, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can't do that. So I wrote to some small other small bakeries that I had seen on in that group. And they told me about a woman who does a flour exchange, you know, it's just been so great to have the resources that everyone's been so lovely and helpful. And I feel like a lot of that started with you all telling me about the resources two and a half years ago. And so thank you
1: for that.
0: That's cool. Yeah.
1: And for our listeners out there, what we're talking about is the um, Pacific Northwest Package Food Group. And if you want to join, you can just Google that Pacific Northwest Package Food, and there's a little bit of an application to fill out and it goes to Hannah and then she approves it. And um, so it is a valuable resource for our makers because it really just connects us with each other instantly. And so that's the, um, the real magic of that group is that we can all be there for each other right away, no matter what anyone's question is. And so uh, if you are a maker, I would suggest joining the the group for sure. Yeah, so, every question I've asked, they like
2: I've gotten 15 answers right away, mm-hmm. it's been so great.
0: <laughs> can you tell us, have you partnered with any other food entrepreneurs locally that you could kind of hang a hat on or have you mostly just stuck with your own brand?
2: I think because the cookies aren't you know it's just this one thing, it's hard to partner like, oh, we're trying this flavor, so we're collaborating with this brand that hasn't really felt as much of a good fit for me, but what has happened is I've shared booths because my product has a pretty low you know one cookie is now four twenty five but it used to be three fifty, and so to pay the large fees sometimes for the markets feels hard. So I have shared booths with other makers, both food related and not. And that has been a really lovely experience. Sometimes a market will pair me with someone and sometimes I find the person to pair with. Um, And also just, I mean, just to shout out again, just all the vendors at the Moreland market, I don't, I haven't collaborated with any of them, but it's just such a lovely community. The, the, the farmers, the everyone there just doing all the trades and feeling like this sense of everyone's in it together. So I'll, I'll, I'll shout out them. Um, Dirt rich farm is my favorite. Like this woman, Allison, who does all of her farming herself and I get all of my produce all spring and summer from her and I never have to go to the market. So appreciative of
0: that. I know what I want to ask. Have you sent any cookies to any movie stars yet? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have. Um,
2: So because of the podcast, the Ask Rana podcast, she so that's a character that this woman plays and she is a celebrity and is an actress and she has guests on her podcast that are famous sometimes. And so last year around this time where I advertised one of the people that she just bought the cookies for because she really liked them was Patton Oswalt. So, I got to send him some cookies. And then her, her name is Jessica Chaffin. I've gotten to send her cookies and all of her friends because mm-hmm. she bought so many cookies. <laughs> and then um, I also sent Mark Marin some cookies at some point and he talked about them on his Instagram. I, it's been a lot of podcasts. I sent uh, this comedy writer named Bridger Weiniger some cookies. He also has a podcast. That's so, cool. um, yeah. So, those. I can't think of anyone else. There's something in the works right now where I might be sending some cookies to some celebrities. I was reached out to by an organization, and they want to order a lot of cookies for nice. a show. And so I don't know if I just be sending to crew or cast and crew, but I'm hoping to hear more about that in the next couple That's of days.
0: That's what we call guerrilla marketing when you get to do that stuff because the word of mouth is the best. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I,
1: I think so. And I think that, um, you know, we don't talk about it a lot on here, but I think that, um, you know, podcasts really are a great way to instantly connect to very loyal fans because sometimes when we do things, like even if we, Maybe pay for some kind of advertising, or we do something that we think it's going to generate a lot of sales. But then someone will just mention us on a podcast, and that is way more powerful than yeah, <laughs> than absolutely. those other things that we work. You know, you know, spend hours like doing a photo or something like that, and then and then just somebody mentioning our brand that their fans are like, oh, this my my person that I listen to every week likes this thing, so I want that thing too. It's just very powerful. So absolutely, uh, maybe
0: if, Andrea should apply to like the Great British Bake Off or something.
2: <laughs> well, you can't, I can't be on the British one because I'm not British, but I <laughs> am a loyal fan of that show. It's the best part of my week. Um, but they have had American ones and I have uh, considered considered it. I've Sarah also Marshall been trying.
0: Always, um, Sarah Marshall all- says I always go for it.
2: Yeah, totally. i been trying all these different ways to get to Martha Stewart in hopes that eventually that will happen. But and I have some loose connections, but it hasn't happened yet.
0: You can just DM her on Instagram. She's on there.
2: Yeah, I don't know if she'd get back to me, but uh, I could you, try that.
1: You could also go pictures in it. You your can house. also go stay in her. Um, house that's on her property <laughs> and bring some cookies with you and I'm sure that'll be a good way. The in. Gardener
0: <laughs> will give them to her. The yes. Yeah. You have to have them, like in a big basket with a well, piece of fabric or something.
1: It's funny that you mentioned
2: gardener because my nephew's friend is one of her gardeners and I was and I there that you was go. one. Of- <laughs>
1: <There you go. laughs> Well, unfortunately, ladies, it's our time to wrap the show. So, Andrea, one more time, tell people where they can come get cookies from you directly.
2: Um, www.showstoppercookies.com is is the website where you can buy cookies.
1: Perfect. Well, it was so great to catch up with you again. I'm glad that your business is coming along and you have all these new things established. It's great to see you and hear about what's going on.
2: Thank you so much to you both. I appreciate it.
1: We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would like to be a guest on the show, send us a DM on our Instagram, Missoni and Marshall, and we will be back next week, everybody. Bye. Bye for now.
0: You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10%